Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. <laughs> Let's see the pearly whites back there. Come on. All right, that's better. That's better. We got a lot to smile about. Thank you, Jesus. My heart is touched this morning by everybody's hands. Jesus is so good to us. Amen. We so not, don't deserve what He does for us. All right, welcome to the Way Service at Greystone. I want to thank everyone for coming out this morning to get a portion of God's Word. First and foremost, I'd like to give honor and glory to our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins so we could have a new life, eternal life, spiritual life, and a new purpose here on planet Earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a goal, and that is to grow up spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. We study it, learn it, and apply it to see how God wants us to live, how to think, how to act, how to serve, how to treat ourselves and others. Thank you, Jesus. Each part of his body is very precious to God. One body? Excuse me. I want to personally welcome all of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish his will for our lives. I also want to say hello to our family are watching from the live feed this morning who can't be here with us if you'd like to worship with us to unity of the spirit this morning. We love you all and thank you for your continued support. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it does not disturb this morning's service. And we will start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you so much, Lord for giving us this beautiful day and this beautiful opportunity to gather together this morning to worship you, to honor you, and to glorify you, Lord. And to put your name above all names, Lord, even our own, as all of us fight to put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide for us each and every day, Lord. Help us never to take that for granted, Lord, and to glorify you with our lives, Lord as the Holy Spirit lives inside us and works through us to bring others into your kingdom, Lord. Thank you for your matchless grace and tender-hearted mercy that begins afresh every day, Lord. For without that, we will go on and continue your will for our lives, Lord. The suffering, I pray for the nation Israel, Lord, that you relieve them, Lord, from the oppression and tyranny, Lord. 
And that you help all the world, Lord, to live in peace with each other, Lord, until Jesus returns, Lord. Please come soon, Lord. We're grateful, Lord, that you give us another day of life this morning, Father. We pray for the people that are sick here in the congregation and all around the world, Lord, that you reassure everybody. You never leave them nor forsake them, and you're with them every step of the way, Father. And as always, let everything be led by your spirit this morning, Lord, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to stand and worship the Lord.
church is strong when we're together, amen? amen. In unity of the spirit. One body? Many parts. All of, we all need each other for this to function properly. Just so grateful and blessed. What a beautiful day. Doesn't she have a beautiful voice? Everybody's got a beautiful gift this morning. And I'm really grateful this morning that we even have such a beautiful church as it's getting restored to its former glory. And awesome people that love each other unconditionally as we're learning. It's so important, especially in these times. If there was ever a time when we would need God's unconditional love, it would be now. Amen? So we're going to continue with that message for sure this morning. Um, we are going to start this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There is a blue card in the pew to help you get along the scriptures if you need to find them. As always, the Holy Spirit will be taken over now as I go into these scriptures. It will no longer be me talking to you. It will be the Lord himself. Amen? Amen? So try to clear your minds and prepare your heart to receive the message that the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're in verse 1. I can't back up, so... <laughs> That's good. You can keep it in its context there. Paul's message of wisdom. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen here? And that's what I definitely rely on here. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of of God. Yet, when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Just imagine, what he, he prepared a place for all of us. We all love Jesus in this church, don't we? We love Jesus. We love his matchless grace. We know it's not our performance that saves us, but our faith. And we practice our faith every day. And we're not, we know we all stumble in a week. I'm along with you on the same level. I have to go through the same things. You go through and even more. So I understand how hard it is to get through this world, especially the, the land of opportunity that we live in today. It makes it so easy for materialism to creep in instead of our spirituality. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Look at verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. 
For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things he has freely given us. Amen. Freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Oh, truths. That's right, truths. I can't get by my cousin Vinny. I just can't get by him. <laughs> Listen to verse 14 now. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God, Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Yeah, but an amen there. A lot of people can't figure us out. Like, we're Christians. Like, what do you guys believe in? You guys are nuts. Trusting in something you can't see. What do you mean you can't see it? Just look outside. It's everywhere. So look what it says in verse 16. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. That book you're holding in your hand this morning is the mind of Christ. Can I get an amen here? We have the mind of Christ, and we... And we're trying to live by the new mind. See, he gives us a new heart, but now we have to renew our mind with the mind of Christ, which is the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Can I get an amen here? We have to understand this. This is what the goal is, to become Christ-like, to have the mind of Christ. And that's why we need to understand the unconditional love of God. And we, what we really have to understand is we have the confidence of that. So this morning, we're going to get into a little bit of this. That we can be confident that we have his love unconditionally. Can I get an amen here today? I know, I know this is an important message, and somebody's going to re receive salvation this morning. I know because when the devil hits me with anxiety, tries to scramble my mind this morning, I understand that there's an important message that's going to go way beyond these walls and touch someone, and they are going to receive salvation this morning. And guess what? All of us are a part of that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? So now, why can we be confident that God loves us so much? It's, it is isn't inevitable, okay, if you're going to talk about God's love for us, that the reality of life will come up, okay? Let's face it. We have probably all had moments in life when we didn't feel or sense God's love, right? Maybe the things that happened in our lives made God's love feel distant or even absent. In these moments, how can we be confident that God still loves us let me give you a few things to remember on that. The first thing to remember, look at what he did for us. The scars. Look at the scars. 
If you ever reach a place where you doubt God's love for you, then you could always go back to the cross and look at the scars. The Bible reminds us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Go with me to Romans chapter 5 this morning. Is everybody with me so far here? Yeah. Amen. We have an enemy that makes us feel so unconfident that God is with us or loves us. He's always there. The accuser of the brethren. Always trying to tell us that God's not with us anymore. You blew it. How many times when we fall short do we feel that God, he must be mad at me. Listen, God's not mad at us anymore. Thank God for that. He's not mad at you. The devil's mad at you. Okay? He's mad at you because you're trying to do things God's way, not your own way. Okay? So just remember who's mad at you. The, 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 the devil. All right, Romans 5, look at verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, see, we're not made right in God's sight by the good things we do, by the money we give, by the times we come to church. That's all the fruit of our salvation, not the condition of it. Can I get an amen here? We come here because we want to be here. It says we're made right in the sight by the blood of Christ. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Look at verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now, look at verse 11. We can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ had made us friends of God. If that doesn't touch your heart, that Jesus Christ died so we could be friends with God, God sees you like he sees Jesus at it right now. Can you imagine? He sees us like he sees his son. Think about, think about what goes through our mind in the course of a day. Right? And he says, I don't see that. I see my son in you. I put my son in you. He says, and I'm going to produce, by doing that, that fruit is going to show up someday in your life, outwardly. But right now, I'm going to do some tweaking inside of you. I put a new spirit in you, and I put my heart inside of you. Now it just has to be what? Tuned in. There's one thing that gets in the way. What? The spirit is willing, but the... Right. So we have to understand that. That's what his grace and mercy is all about. To keep us on the right path, to keep moving forward, to knowing that he's not condemning us anymore when we fail. The devil loves to make us feel guilty and shameful and condemned all the time. When we fall short. Not if, but when. Okay. The reason this is so encouraging is because Christ died for you when you were at your worst. Think about that. When you were involved in your mess, doing your own thing, not even giving God the time of day, Jesus was dying for you. If he could love you in those moments, he will continue to love you to every other moment in your life.
How about a big amen? Come on. Think about that. The scars are an eternal reminder of his love for you. Second thing, look what he told us, the promise. The second reason you can be confident of God's love, even in the most difficult of situation, is because he prepared us for this. Go with me to John 16. You see why it's so important to know the scriptures? When the devil tries to take us out of God's plan, we could fight back with scripture. John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. Look what he says. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. What is he saying? Hey, what are we going to have down here? It's a given. <clears throat> but take heart. Take heart. Because I have overcome the world. We are all overcomers. We have to remember that. We already, all that he did, it's already done. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to pray more. You just have to accept it. You see, once you accept it, when God comes inside of you, once you accept it, then he can work through you. You can get out of the way and say, look, this has nothing to do with me. I don't have to go and try to get better. He's going to make me better. See, I can't get better. If I could get better, I would not need a savior. So we have to understand, even though we try to be spiritual, we think still that somehow we can get better in the flesh. No, Jesus said it's fatal. It has to die. You see, the new life is in the spirit. You cannot self-improve. There's no such thing as self-improvement. It's what? Christ's improvement, the new movement. He's trying to change you from the inside out, saying, I'm putting my spirit in you. You have to go in the ground and die, and you're going to come up what? A new creation. What's the problem? We die hard. We don't want to die. We want certain areas of our life in the flesh. We still want it. And thank God for his gentleness and his tender hearted, because we know if he stripped everything from us, We'd be like, hum and hum, what do I do? We'd be lost. We still rely on some of that stuff, and he understands it. But slowly, he's going to take the pacifiers out of our mouth. It's a slow process. We are babies. We have to admit we're babies. When we don't get our way, we whine. When somebody hurts us, we talk about them. We gossip. We do all the things that he hates. When something doesn't go right for us. Can I get an amen here? Okay, on the surface, this doesn't look like love, what he said, but you have to dig a little deeper in this scripture. The reason this is such a great example of how God loves us is because he told us and prepared us for what would happen. Okay? We were never promised a life that would be easy. Don't let anybody tell you different, because we were never promised a life that would be easy. We were promised that amid the trials of life, God would be with us. Jesus telling us 
this shows how much he loves you. He told you there would be some bumps along the way. You're telling me. Can I get a big amen there? Boy, I need some new pavement. The road's bumpy for me. But don't worry, because I will carry you through them. This is proof of God's love for us. Big amen, right? The third one. Look what he has prepared for us. Heaven and eternal life. Let's go to John 3.16. Let's go back there. Let's get a good look at this. Just imagine right now, this message is going out all over the world right now. All over the world. This little white church is touching lives where we, we can't even reach. And believe me, all of you are part of that, so please continue supporting it. Remember to always support the church, to keep things going, to keep the maintenance going, to keep the message going, to keep the internet going, keep the lines going. It costs money. You have to understand that. And please do your best to support this because all of us have a part in this. We all have gifts and we have to what? Give our time, our talent, and our treasure to the place that God called us to. How about a big amen there? Please don't forget that part. It's important. Okay. Perhaps the greatest motivator facting, uh, John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. He is our savior. Guaranteed. All who what? Believe in him. That everyone who believes in him, it doesn't say that what? Acts good or behaves will not perish. It's who believes in him. See, once you believe in something, you become what you believe. See, when you really believe that, you start to understand it and you start to what? That unconditional love is what changes your life. And that's what I'm going to explain. Perhaps the greatest motivator factor in God, behind God's love for us is because he is preparing an eternal home for us right now. Amen. God's greatest desire is to be in fellowship with you and not just for this life, but for all eternity. Think about that. This is the reason he sent Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. He opened the door so that all who would believe in him would have eternal life. For all eternity, God will express his love on those who have chosen to believe in him. Think about that. You have not experienced the full measure of God's love yet. But the good news is, because of Jesus, we have all eternity to experience it. How's that? have all eternity to get there. Now, I want to explain, how does God's love for us change our life? How does that love change us? Instead of us going to this self-help and all this other stuff, how does that unconditional love change us? Well, let's talk about this. Eternalizing God's deep love for us changes everything. 
Once you really begin to experience and feel secure in God's love, it changes how you love others. It changes the core of your identity. You no longer define yourself by what you do or by what you accomplish, but by the fact that you're a beloved child of God. That's what defines you. It changes how you love others. You begin to love others out of the overflow of a full, changed heart. It changes your desires and your dreams. When you live with a constant awareness that you are deeply loved by God, you begin to desire what God desires. You dream about making his love known to others and joining him in whatever he is doing in our world. Who wants to be on Team Jesus this morning? Come on now. That's the ultimate purpose. He saves us for a purpose. So what? We can bring others into the kingdom. Now we have a new identity, a new purpose to become like Jesus and bring others into the kingdom. The very reason why he saved you, the reason why he created you. Once you find that, you no longer have to reach for anything else for contentment. You have everything you need. Once you find that, the, the search is over. And you can get relaxed. All right. I know why I'm here. I know why I'm saved. And I know what God wants me to do. He wants me to what? What is it? What is the, what is the, what's the golden rule? Love others, right? As you love yourself. That's what the whole Bible is. That's what it teaches us. That's it. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love others as you love yourself. The problem is, we have a hard time loving ourselves. We become haters of ourselves because the devil is our enemy. Knowing that God loves us and he put Jesus in us, we still what? Fail. So then what? We can't operate, we cannot love people the way that we're loved unless we have that possession. Once I love myself that way, I can love others that way. I have to understand God loves me no matter what, and he loves you no matter what. So what do I have to do? Love myself no matter what, and you have to what? I have to love others no matter what. It's unconditional. Can I get an amen here? There's no conditions attached. In the spirit, there's nothing wrong. When you come to church in the spirit, we all get along. We all come from different places. We all believe in different things. We like different teams. We like different places. We like different restaurants. We like different markets. But we all have one thing in common. We all have Jesus circulating through our body. The blood of Jesus is in all of us. And that's what unifies us. If churches doesn't keep that in mind, instead of what? Outward things, we'd all be getting along perfect. Every church. Every church should be in unity. We all love Jesus. The Bible's our owner's manual. There is no denominations. We're all Jesus' kids. Amen. Tear them all away. Break them all down. Put a Bible on every pulpit, and that's all we go by. And you see how powerful the church will become then. How about a big amen there? And what's the goal? To do it. It all starts what? With our church. It's like an infection, right? It spreads. You can spread bad things like cancer, but you can spread good things like revival. 
We're here for a reason. Get up every morning with joy in my heart, knowing God saved me. I'm alive. He wants me to do something good today for him. And he's going to do something good for me. Like, give me another chance to prove it, that I love him. By saying no to me and yes to him. You know that when you want to say something, that Holy Spirit's right there trying to stop you. But you can't, you have free will. You have to know when to stop. That little stop, that little, eh, stop. Shh. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. You know it's not of God. Then what? Be quiet. And you'll be grateful at the end of the day that you were. Avoid a lot of problems in your life. I got an amen here. All right. God's love, it changes the core of my identity. Listen. Oh, my God. You begin to love others out of the overflow of a full change. It changes your desires, your dreams. When you live with a constant awareness that you are deeply loved by God, you begin to desire what God desires. Okay? You dream about making his love known to others and joining him in whatever he's doing in our world. And he's doing a lot in our world right now. Right now, it's going all through the world, this message. Jesus. That one person changed the world. And he, we can change the world. This one unit right here can change the world right now. And we are changing the world. We are making a difference. We are making an impact on the kingdom of darkness. How do I know that? By the attacks I get every day. And if you're getting attacked down here and you're on this team, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Once you get in the battlefield, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The devil does not want us to what, advance. And the Bible says clearly the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances. He's trying to what? Stop it from advancing by what? Getting into our emotions. He loves to get into our emotions. I don't feel right. I don't feel the Lord today. I don't feel this. It's not a feeling. The word of God is a fact. We have to grow beyond our feelings into our factual, spiritual life. The fact of the matter is, Jesus loves me. He saved me. Sin was the problem. Jesus is the solution. And I stand here before you a miracle because of the blood of Jesus. And everybody's sitting in here is a miracle because of him, not because of anything that you've done. It's what he did for you. How about a big amen there? Okay. Whatever he's doing in our world, it changes how you pray because you long to be in constant communion with your heavenly father. Okay? Honestly, there's no truth that will change your life as radically as grasping the love of God for you. You will begin to wake in the morning celebrating. My Abba, Father loves me. Amen. Nothing can change that truth nor compete with it. You are categorically loved and treasured. The next time you feel unloved, create some space in your life to meditate and ponder the love of God for you. Remember, His love is incomprehensible and unconditional. And yet, God's love for us can be experienced. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a greater experience of God's love. It's a prayer He loves to answer. 
I'm going to say a prayer right now, thanking Him. Father, thank You for simply loving us. You didn't wait until we were doing better or got everything right in our life. But You loved us even when we were at our lowest point. Thank You for reaching down to us, not with arms of judgment, but with arms of love. We will forever be thankful for your love and will never take it for granted. Help us to love others with the same love we have received from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't. I can't. When I realize what a wretch, what a wretch that I am. When I, listen, I'm, I'm transparent. I don't care what you think of me. Listen, I am a wretch. Jesus took me out of a pit. And he put me in this pulpit. Nothing on my part. I do not deserve to be here. I don't. I am. The, Paul even admitted he was the chief of sinners. I think I make Paul look like an angel. I think I make Jacob look like an angel. I mean, there was nothing good in me. Nothing. And I know it. And what he did, I can't, I can't even... I can't, the experience from his love, he still loves me. I can't do nothing but love him. I can't. How can you not love someone that loves you that way? He loved me when I hated him. I hated God at one point. I said, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to people? How could you hurt the world? Look, God doesn't hurt anybody. We do. Right. I understood that. He gave us free will and we're not robots. If I want to hurt somebody, I can. But remember, there'll always be a consequence. So I made a decision. I'm going to serve God instead of the devil. And here I stand before you, saved and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> I can't. That's why I'm so happy every day. I know I don't deserve it. I know. What did Jesus say about the girl, Mary Mount? He said, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Those who don't love much haven't been forgiven much. I've been forgiven so much, I, I, I can't give them enough love back. It's amazing. That's what it is. I don't care about the money. I don't care about money. Money can't buy this. You can't get it. It's a gift. And, 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 and to spread that news to people in real, that we don't have to put church faces on in our church. Understand we're broken, that we're hurting, that we're not always good. But he loves us anyway, and he's, this is a hospital for sinners that are healing. We don't have to put a church face on here. We can just be who we are. Sinners saved by his grace and his grace alone. And if we're hurting, we can pray together. When we're what? Blessed, we get blessed together, we rejoice together, we weep together. All of us are in the same boat. We're all equal. The only reason why I'm here is so everybody can see me and hear me. <laughs> That's the only reason. Other than that, I'd get the basin out and wash your feet. This is the way it works. Anybody that decides to serve the Lord has to become a servant. Not get served, but to serve others. All right. There's not enough words to describe the love of God and how much he truly loves us. I would encourage you to let God's love for you remain at the forefront of your life. Trust me. 
Understand that your relationship with him is based on his love for you. And because of that, you can love him back. This is my last thought on God's love. There will never be anything that will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Let this truth be the reality that you build your life on. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. How about a big amen there? All right, now let's get on to what he hates. You ready now? I had to pump you up before. Now I'm going to tell you what he don't like. I had to get you ready for this. All right. Say, there's a method to my man. Soul and the delivery. Remember, um, even Paul, he always complimented him before he rebuked him. Right? Even the Greeks, he said, I, oh, you, I noticed you were very religious in every way. But do you see this unknown God right here? That's the one I'm going to tell you about. See, they left an opening there. By not what? Crucifying or condemning their religion. But what? To say you were faithful to whatever you believe. Which is honor. Faithful. I don't know if you read the story about the Rechabites in the Old Testament. But God blessed them because they were faithful to what they believed. They wouldn't build houses or they wouldn't drink wine for their entire life. That was the law that was made for them. And they were faithful to it. And God blessed them because they were faithful to it. And he said, my people need to be like them. Faithful to me. How about a big amen there? So how many of us need to be faithful to Jesus? All of us. Why? Because we have to? No, because we want to. Because of that love. All right. God's unconditional love towards humanity means you cannot earn love. The love of God is unconditional. His nature is to love. We understand that. And yet, he hates evil. Go with me to Matthew 5. Hold your finger, Matt, the fry, but I'm going to read something to you before you get, we get there. So I don't have you flipping too many pages at once here. I have a lot of scripture here. Believe me, you get a lot of scripture in this church, <laughs> which is a good thing. Hold your finger, Matthew 5. I just want to read 1 John 4, 7 to 8 to you first, okay? Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Because for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Listen, all of us have God. But we have to what? Get to know God. See, that's the difference. Having him and knowing him are two different things. Knowing him is loving him. You know when you start to love unconditionally, you're getting to know God. But anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Simple. Okay? His pure, perfect, unconditional love moves him towards selfish action. Okay, everybody in Matthew 5? Look at verse 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting. Oh, it doesn't say believing. You will be acting. 
Now this is what? An action. You will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Why? For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So when it's raining out right now, he's helping water the plants for the unbelievers and giving them water. So he's sustaining them too. And any men here. He's not saying, because uh, uh, you don't believe in me, I'm going to kill you. He's still blessing them. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Then, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Listen, we're not pagans anymore. You notice that, right? We're child of the king. But you ought to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, what's perfect in the Bible? I taught you well. What does it mean? It means you're mature. It means you are getting, you are to be mature even as your father in heaven is mature to love the just and the unjust. In other words, no matter who we are or what we've done, God expresses his unconditional love towards us. He did this through his divine rescue plan, the gospel, okay? The unconditional love of God made a way for humanity to receive eternal life, which could never achieve through our own efforts. How about a big amen there? Okay. Now, God's hatred towards things that separate us from him, though the love of God is toward unconditionally, right? Humanity, remember, is not earned. God does not love the sin of humanity. Ooh. Quiet in here. He loves us. He doesn't love the sin that contaminates our lives. We understand that, right? Okay. It says, okay, the Bible tells us that we must turn from sin and turn toward God Drawing near to him, God is a God of reconciliation. For someone to be reconciled to God, they must first see that they were separated from him. This is what sin does. It separates us from God. Can I get any men here? Even after we're saved, our sins separate us from God. Why? Is it, is it, it's not... It's not an emotion. It separates us emotionally. We don't feel the connection anymore. The connection gets broken from our sins. We feel what? Guilt and condemnation when we sin. Can I get an amen here? We feel like the connection is lost. Go with me to Acts chapter 3. God's got me, got me doing this, and I'm saying, oh, Lord, you sure you want me to talk about this? He says, butter him up first. Then we'll get them. Then we'll get the reality. But that's okay. It's the truth that sets us free. And that's what we're going to get in our church, the truth. You know, I'm here because I love you, but I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to give you truth. And sometimes that truth is going to hurt you. Because the truth sometimes hurts. Sometimes somebody come up to me and say, you talking to me? I said, no, God was. Remember, I was going through the scriptures. It's the word of God that's speaking to you, not me. I'm just the vessel. I'm the mouthpiece. All right, look what it says in Acts 3. Verse 19 says, 
I love what it says here. <laughs> now, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. So what does repentance do? It wipes away our sins after we get saved. We still have to go to repent and confess. Then it says, look at verse 20. Then times of what? Refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Then what? Then again you sense the Lord in your life again. It sounds like you sense him coming back now because you what? Did that. You restored your relationship with him again. See, people forget to do this and what? The relationship gets darker and darker and darker and then the devil takes over. So you have to remember to always repent and confess. That's a healthy thing to do. Can I get an amen here? Now it says, times of refreshment will come in the, and he will again send you Jesus. Look what it says in verse 21. For he must remain in heaven until the time of the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago to his holy prophets. And while I'm up here, I want you to remain in connection with me. So it requires that you do this so you can still stay connected to me till I come back. Can you understand what I'm saying, church? You see? Because if we don't do that, the connection gets severed. And what? Evil starts coming back in our lives again and taking over. Then we start to what? Chirp and gossip and complain. All the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, right? All the fruits of the flesh come back out and the fruits of the Spirit get stifled. That's how you know. That's how you can constantly evaluate where you're at. Am I getting bitter? Am I getting indifferent? Am I talking about people? Am I trying to cause discord and disunity in the church? Am I finding problems with everybody? Then you know you need to go before the Lord and repent and confess and get back in union with him. Because the flesh is taking over. Does it happen to all of us? Absolutely. Does it happen to me? Yes. More times than I would like. But what do I do? I drop to my knees and say, Lord, I know there's things I don't even remember I did that are not right. So please, forgive me for that, Lord. I'm weak. And stay, listen, you can stay humble with the Lord. He will wipe you clean every day. You know, you know how the windows get dirty? We get dirty. If we stay humble with the Lord, He keeps wiping us clean. Like a fresh can of Windex every morning. You know what I'm saying? Because no, listen, once we start to feel dirty again, then we can't show the fruits of the Spirit anymore. We're not praying. We're not honoring God because we're what? We're feeling the drudge of the death, the life. And that's, we're feeling that again. Instead of sensing what? God's presence. Hallelujah. He just wiped me clean this morning. I can see, I, what's that song? I can see clearly now. The sin is gone. <laughs> I can see all obstacles in my way. Now that the sin's gone, here comes the obstacles to try to get you back into sin again. Is it so true or isn't it now? Am I making it real here for you? Let's be real in this church. Enough of the nonsense the churches are putting out there. We need to heal. We need to change. We need to become like Jesus, the reason why he saved us. And that, in order for that to happen, we have to do what he tells us to do. 
stop it. Jesus said, stop sinning or something worse is going to happen to you. Then what does he say? Humble yourself before the Lord, right? Submit to the Lord. Resist the devil and you will flee. Stop looking at other people's sins and evaluate your own and let them clean you up. Because the sins you see in someone else, newsflash, they're yours. That's why you can see them. How about a big ouch? <laughs> Listen, I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. God commands me to do it. I mean, I got to answer them. He says, you preach this stuff. This is, times are crucial right now. My return is near. I want my people ready for when I come back. And guess what? It's my job to get you ready. And I'm going to get you ready. Lock the doors, Paul. <laughs> now, it says, right, Jesus sacrificed his love for us so that we could, he did not, listen, Jesus sacrificed his love for us not so that we could go on sinning and live in rebellion towards God, but rather to satisfy the wrath of God towards us and to enable us to serve God wholeheartedly. Now I can get an amen here. In Jesus, the obstacle of separation and brokenness from God is overcome, and we are reconciled to him. Let's see what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 has to say about it. Go with me there. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 12. It's okay. Give everybody a minute to get there. All right. Verse 12. Are we commending ourselves again? Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we, are, if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us or urges us on. Now, since we believe that Christ died for all, do we all believe that Jesus died for all of us? Okay, now do we also believe this? We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life, listen, what does it say now? Will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So he saved us so we no longer have to live for ourselves. We will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, right? It was the written word before it became the living word. See? 
in the living room, how differently we know him now. Now listen, if you don't read the Bible, you're not going to know him. You're not going to know him any differently than what people are telling you about him. Can I get an amen here? You, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What's the problem? The old life keeps wanting to come back. And what? Stop the new life from happening. That's why the crucifixion, the sanctification... The trials have to take place so you can, what, die to that life. You see? But crucifixion is painful. See, he's trying to crucify our whole lives. And, it, and, and you know, unfortunately, the only thing that makes us stop doing it is pain. That's how he crucifies it, with pain. The pain of living our own way. You see? Now he says, we're a new person. The old life is look, in all, no, look what it says in verse 18. And all of this is because I'm so good. It's not in there. It says, all of this is a, a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And now, what has God done? He has given us this task. Listen, he's given us all this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We all are Jesus Christ's representatives. God is making his appeal through us. We speak to Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. Or to become sin itself. So we could be made with God, right with God through Christ. There it is in a nutshell. But we're all new. What's wrong? What's the problem? The old. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. That's what Jesus was trying to say to the Pharisees. He said, well, what's wrong with our old life? There's nothing wrong with my old life. Why do I got to get a new one? Well, then, if there's nothing wrong with your old life, then you don't need a Savior. You have to understand... That your old life is wretched and needs to be changed before you what? Get rid of it and get a new life. First you have to admit you need a new life. Can I get any men here? Amen. If you don't need a new life, then you don't need Jesus. Because we're doing good without him. Supposedly. All right. The love of God is unconditional. However, this love does not exclude his hatred for sin. We're not going to get into it this morning, but next time we're going to get into Proverbs chapter 6 and talk about the seven things that God hates. Okay? So thank you for letting me share that. I'm going to call the ushers to come up to take up the collections, and we are going to close. All right, we're going to stand. Brittany's going to come up and sing. I'm a very close.
because he lives. Dave, you want to come up and close us? Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful church, Lord, where we can gather together, Lord, and hear your word. We're so grateful to be part of such an amazing and faithful ministry, Lord, that loves you so much, Lord, and grateful to have a pastor, Lord, that loves you and loves the church, Lord, and is not afraid to preach the truth in your word, Lord. Thank and you, not Lord. just those grace and mercy messages, Lord, but the tough convicting messages, Lord. The messages that we truly need to hear if we want to grow in our walk with you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, just give us the strength, Lord, to use those messages, Lord, not to become bitter, Lord, but to grow stronger in our walk with you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to watch over the church and our families, Lord. I just pray that you would lay on our hearts, Lord, and on the hearts of those who watch on the live feed, Lord, a desire to want to support and give back to the church more, Lord. So we continue to restore your, your church, Lord, and the past can continue to get the truth of your word out there to all who seek it, Lord. And I just pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Dave. All right. The service is over. Have a great day. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace. Peace.